This Tailgate Society podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Deadeye Premium Barbecue Products. Born in Iowa and made in the heartland, Deadeye is your go-to source for everything barbecue. Sauces, seasonings, you name it. They've made a science out of great grilling flavor. It's more than a sauce. Whether you're cooking sliders, dogs, steak, or chicken, Deadeye has the explosive flavor needed to make every dish delicious. Try a splash of their sweet and smoky original recipe or turn up the heat with their Magnum Edition barbecue sauce. Both flavors are available in seasonings as well as sauces. So pick your favorite and prepare your taste buds for an unforgettable eating experience. Deadeye Premium Barbecue products are available at Fairway, Hy-Vee, Amazon, or at DeadeyeBBQ.com. You're listening to Sports and Corks. I'm Emily Cornell. And I'm Emily Jarenka. And we're going to start with college basketball, as we always do. Um... The University of Wyoming coming off of a very bad season um, of going 7-23. and 23. They just hired a new head coach, Jeff Linder, who was the head coach at the University of Northern Colorado. Um, and I think they just had three back-to-back 20-plus win seasons. So good hire for Wyoming. Yeah, um, I think that's – is it something you're excited about in general? Um, yeah, I'm excited – because I do, I did like their last coach, um, Alan Edwards. He was a good, good dude. Um, was good for the program, and he had been with the program, like before he was head coach. Um, it just didn't pan out super well when he was head coach. So that was a little disappointing. But it made it where when he left, fans still are like, "Yeah, I like him as a person." It just wasn't the right fit at this time. And so with Jeff Linder. Hopefully he keeps some folks from the last staff and um, just really digs in. I mean, coming from UNC, for folks who haven't been to Greeley, Colorado, uh, (laughs) not like a really, uh, how do I say this nicely? Like, it's not a destination. Uh, Yeah. And Laramie is similar, so it's, um, I think for both schools, like the demographics of students are fairly like middle class like you're not it's not like the students are coming from all over the country like they're from the area so he can really kind of culturally he knows what's he's kind of walking into so I think it's a good pick I think it should be a good fit and I'm really excited to see Wyoming win the Mountain West Conference next year Ooh, is that your hot take this week Oh my gosh, it should be, because that is a very hot take, considering <laughs> like players at Wyoming started transferring as soon as Alan Edwards got fired last week. My goodness. Um, so yeah, I think, yeah, that'll be my hot take, is that Wyoming will win the Mountain West in regular season play and in the uh, conference tournament. All right, we'll mark it down. We'll revisit this. In a year. Basketball returns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in other coaching news, uh, Grand Canyon hired Bryce Drew um, to replace um, their head coach who they had um, let go. So he most recently coached at Vanderbilt. Um, he was fired last year by Vanderbilt. Um, they had gone 0 and 18 in the SEC. Ooh. Um, it's kind of an interesting hire. Yeah. Uh, 
he had coached before at Valparaiso. I hope I'm saying that right. I feel like I always question question it when I say it, which is not very often. <laughs> um, he, you know, I mean, with both teams, they had made the NCAA tournament at points. So I just don't, it just kind of seemed out of the blue to me. When I first saw it, I thought that it was Scott Drew, okay. his brother, coach sure. of uh, the Baylor Bears. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? What's going on? And I was like, oh, yeah. just kidding. Just kidding. No this way. is not Scott <laughs> Drew. This is Bryce Drew. Um, yeah, it was a, it was an interesting hire on their part. Um, like, just across the board, I'm like, uh, okay. I wonder if it's more so a culture thing. It um, could be than necessarily, like, a pedigree, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to see how he does there. I think culture plays a huge part into, like, a coach's success, like, long term. Especially, like, with these smaller schools, like Grand Canyon. I think that they place a lot more weight on that in coaching hires than... um, other programs yeah they don't go for like the name for the hire like similar with wyoming like they don't go with the name they go with okay who is going to do well at this small school whom if they do really well they might make it to the tournament and they can do some really good things in march or are they just kind of like looking to build their resume so they can go to one of those schools and like have their name out there and um i think if he's going to GCU, like, it probably is, like, a cultural thing. And, like, those students are, like, super into the the games. Didn't you – weren't you at a game where there were Grand Canyon fans? Yeah. So when Gonzaga was in the Final Four, um, Gonzaga was the only school out of the four that had enough students to fill the, their student section. So for the other schools, what they did is like bring in students from local schools. So Grand Canyon, Arizona State. Um, I can't remember if there were U of A students. Um, but anyways, basically they just had them put on white t-shirts just to f- and they were just filling the remaining um, seats. Not that anyone was sitting, but it's kind yeah. of just like a standing section, I guess. Um, so they had some of the Grand Canyon students at the final four in 2017. Yeah. And they like get into it pretty, yeah. pretty well. So um, hopefully that hiring Bryce Drew, he's into the, like engaging with the students. And maybe that's like the big thing for coaches that go, I mean, obviously at big schools, engaging with students is a big thing, but um at smaller schools, if coaches aren't intentional about, like, trying to build a relationship with the student body, students are like, I would rather go do anything else um, than watch the team do okay, you know? Yeah. <laughs> watch the team do okay. That's yeah. So like, I mean, when I was at Wyoming, there were, like, different years, depending on the year, how well we were doing, like, that would also kind of dictate students coming to games and if they liked the coach um when I started college there was a new head coach it was Larry Shiat, and 
at first students were like, ah, maybe he'll do some good things. And then they started doing really well. And like, they also loved him. Like he's very loved by the students at Wyoming when he left. It was a good thing he left to go coach in the NBA because students would have been so pissed if he had gone and coached at another school. Mm -hmm. So I think that just building that relationship with the students at smaller schools is just so significant. I don't know. Maybe that's just, uh, I have a bias there, obviously. Sure, yeah. I mean, it is a, I think it's a smaller school culture kind of a thing. Um, It's also somewhat location-based, I think. Like, you could be a big state school and, like, they still have more of an emphasis on hiring for culture than other big state schools, I guess. It, It really is just individual to the program. Yeah. I don't know if there's, like... You can't really put it in a box. That's true. That's very true. And then, of course, if any team is just terrible, like the students aren't going to come watch the games. They're going to be like, no, like, why would I not? I don't know if you had to pay to go watch sports in college. Um, All sporting events are free for us. Yeah, I think it was just built into our tuition, you know. Okay, But I think about like kids at schools like the University of Colorado. I use that as an example because we were both working there. And they pay for a sports pass to go to, like, football and basketball. And I Mm -hmm. could see being a student, like, if you knew that, you know, football and basketball were just, like, okay, you're like, why would I pay that to go watch all the games when I might want to go to one and I'm happy to spend the $20 to go as opposed to buying that full sports pass? So, like... And, and you can watch this- a lot of the games on TV too. Yeah. So like, yeah, I see where that I see why that happens. I guess why it's challenging getting students to games. But if you're just okay, and like I think students like again at the University of Colorado, Tad Boyle, I think they like him, so they'd still be like, yeah, I'll go, even if the team is just okay. Mm-hmm. Um probably the most exciting newsworthy hire of the week um rick patino will be once again coaching college basketball yes. at Iona. um really i think it's just great it's, it's like a piece of news that people probably needed this week yep. just as like something to think about um and get kind of excited about regardless of how you feel about him he like obviously is a kind of a divisive figure in the sports world um but either you get to you're rooting for him and you get to see him you know maybe take this program um to the tournament and just kind of build it up or um i don't know i guess if you don't support him you're still getting the interesting storylines yeah (laughs) either way so i when i saw the news of him going to iona i was like where is it yeah it's like in it's in new york yeah it is yeah and um it's part of the metro atlantic athletic conference and they're the gales yeah i mean i feel like that program the past few years like people know the name yeah you don't necessarily know where the school is or like maybe what their mascot is but um yeah you know they've been in the tournament like yeah, people have heard of them, but it's kind of like when Villanova started being pretty good. I remember working with someone who was a Kansas fan, 
and she was like, Villanova? What is that? Like, I don't even know. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I can see why you're unhappy, but like, I really don't know. So happy to see him going to a smaller school. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll definitely bring attention to them in a big way. Yeah, for better or worse. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully for the better. Um, Yeah. Hopefully it means that they get some some kids who are just like, I don't really care. I want to play for him. And um, it really does a lot for their program because it would, it's always good to see non-Power 5 teams just crush it. We are supporters of that here. Yeah, for sure. we, we're biased and the streets call us on it. It's fine. We root for the little guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's more Sue fun. Us. <laughs> they can't. No grounds. They no also, I don't, I don't know if anyone would want to go through that much work, but eh. so that's your college basketball news. I'm sure more people will be getting hired and fired in the next couple of weeks. That's just the nature of it. Um, but those are like the big ones that we know or we paid attention to. Yeah. So. On to the NFL. Also big things happening there. Yeah, some really big things that I feel like, given the news cycle, you know, they would have been made a lot bigger of a deal in other circumstances. Uh, yeah. Uh, like Tom Brady, um, he's le- well, left, I guess, has left <laughs> the Patriots. Um, he's going to play for the Buccaneers. Uh, two things that you probably never thought you would hear in the same sentence, but here no. we are. Okay, so shot out of a cannon. You don't know that he went to the Bucks. Where sure. did you think he was going to go? I probably would have said the Chargers. Okay. I, I know that narrative kind of like has changed over the past week. Like that became less and less likely, but um, that's what I thought just because like a lot of times these veteran players – once they're done playing for the team they've played for for a while, like to go to like a big, more glamorous kind of city, I guess. Yeah. Um, which in the NFL, I feel like is LA or I don't think New York is like playing for the Nets or the Knicks is a little bit different. I think than playing for like the bills, um, or the, uh, the jets or the, or the jets or the, um, giants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I kind of thought that he was going to go to the Chargers just to be in, because he would be in LA. Um, but Tampa Bay it is. Tampa Bay it is. I thought it was a joke at first that he was going to go to Tampa. I thought that, um, he should have gone to the Cowboys. (laughs) I can't imagine Giselle thriving in Tampa Bay. No, but she would hella thrive in Dallas. Yeah. That would have been all for both of them. It would have been so big and extra. And I think that Jerry Jones and Tom Brady would get along. Hmm. So in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, it makes sense that he goes to the Cowboys, the team that thinks they're America's team, (laughs) when the Green Bay Packers, I stand by this, is America's team. And so I was just like, oh, yeah, that, like, makes sense for the franchise. That makes sense for Tom Brady. That makes sense for his family to just go to Dallas with the LA narrative. Isn't he from California? So that would have been like another 
reason for yeah. them to be going to the Chargers. Well, and with the Cowboys, like, they have, like, one of the nicest arenas, or not arenas, I guess, stadiums um, yeah. in the NFL, too. So, like, I feel like that kind of fits now that I'm thinking more about it, too. But, um, yeah. We both would have been wrong had <laughs> we recorded a couple days ago when Tom Brady did announce the departure and before he was saying he was going to the Bucks, like we would have been like so off. But that's yeah. I mean, it is what it is. He leaves the Patriots with two hundred and forty nine wins under Bill Belichick. It's a lot of games. It's a lot of winning. Yep. Same with winning the last sixteen of the last seventeen AFC East titles. That's crazy. And he only the only one they didn't win was in two thousand eight when he had a torn ACL. Yeah. So, I really am surprised he didn't just stay with the Patriots. Also. Yeah, I don't know. Um, surprising, but I feel like. I don't know. In the back of my mind, I guess I thought he would be. I thought he would leave. Really? I don't. I don't know why. Like I don't have any explanation for it, or just like a gut feeling, I guess. So do you think that like this is kind of shifting? But Russell Wilson, yeah. do you think he will retire with the Seahawks, or when he knows that he has maybe one or two good seasons left in him, he'll go to a different team? It's tough to say. Um. I feel like he might be one of those cases where he leaves and then maybe comes back. Like Brett Favre? I don't know. No, no, no. Like, he plays for a different team, and then he finishes career with the Seahawks. Oh. I don't know. Um, it's kind of late for him to do that, though, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, he's, what, like, 20, like, 28 or something? That seems... I always think think of him as, like, in his, like, 30s. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. He's 31. Okay. Um, I don't know. Like, I want to say that he... I think he would stay. But with professional athletes, you just never know. It's true. It's <laughs> There's so true. many factors. Um, I just think it's it's, like unrealistic to expect like a star of a team to stay with that team forever like in today's climate yeah it just you don't see it no but you want to see it you do yeah maybe he'll be maybe he'll do it and make us all happy i don't know <laughs> like baker mayfield his whole career is going to be with the cleveland browns <laughs> <laughs> he will retire with that team <laughs> um, back to what next year will look like because of Tom Brady leaving the Patriots and playing for the Buccaneers. The Buffalo Bills are now the AFC East favorites. That is really something. Which is amazing. My mother, for some context, is not in the country right now, and she is somewhere with very slow internet connection. <laughs> She texted me today and she goes, oh, Diggs went to the Buffalo Bills. And I'm like, yes, mom, that is yesterday's news. Catch up, Jennifer. 
um, she's very excited. She's like, the Bills might do super well. I'm like, they might win the Super Bowl next year. And she's like, maybe in 2022. So um, this is a good time to be a Buffalo Bills fan. She then called me out and was like, you are not going to be a Buffalo Bills fan when Josh Allen leaves, but I will stay a Buffalo Bills fan. She grew up about an hour outside of Buffalo. Okay. Um, but while being a bandwagon Bills fan, I'm so excited for them to be the favorites. And I'm excited that they're getting their like defense and offense in like the right place. Oh, oh my goodness. You love to see it. <laughs> I love that journey for you. Thank you. <laughs> As we like to say yeah. facetiously. I mean, watching. I mean, I am happy for you, but you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, I, I got you. It, um, there'll be a team to watch. I say this now. In four months, we could be in a different spot when we're, like, getting ready to, like, start the season. For all we know, um, they could be terrible again. The Bills have been bad for, you know, in time. So, like, Bills fans are used to them not doing well. I really hope that they do well, uh, especially now that they don't have the hurdle of Tom Brady and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. However, I think Bill Belichick is still, like, a really good coach. So the Patriots are still going to be a really good team. Yeah, they will be. Um, in other news, Phillip Rivers um, will be playing for the Colts next season. Um, also strange to see it just because he's played for the Chargers, like, for so long. Yeah, <laughs> I was surprised when I saw that. It didn't, I'm like, oh, that that's happening. For me, the weird thing is just thinking about these players wearing their new uniform, and, like, it's just hard to imagine. Granted, you get used to it as you see it more, but it's just like, this looks off. (laughs) You know? Yep. Oh, yeah. I get it. I'm sure it was how people felt when they saw Peyton go from the Colts to Denver. But then, I don't know, like, at the end of the day, do you think of him as a Colt or, like, a Bronco? A Colt. You do? Yeah. Because he was there so long. Like, it doesn't matter. It didn't really matter where Tom Brady played this coming season. He's forever, like, part of the Patriots. Like, he's part of their history. He is a Patriot. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Philip Rivers, kind of the same. I won't think of him as, like, oh, he built this great career with the Colts. Yeah. Um, and then let's see what else we have. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater to the Panthers, which was surprising. Uh, so for folks who don't super follow the NFL close, the Panthers just got a new head coach. Uh, I don't know, a couple months ago, at the beginning of the year. Um, Matt Rule, who just came from Baylor, he was their head coach when they just had like one of their best seasons and yeah I was just surprised to see Matt Rule and the Panthers take Teddy Bridgewater yeah I mean there's lots of tea in this situation uh, because they agreed to terms with Teddy Bridgewater on the same day that um, Cam Newton uh, got permission to seek a trade that he's saying he didn't ask for so it's just like messy (laughs) it's it'll be interesting to see how this saga unfolds 
Yeah. Because people like camp, and I know that like fans liking a player does not dictate a how Whether a coach likes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. a coach doesn't necessarily like the player, or the owner doesn't necessarily like the player. Sure. I get that. But like Cam Newton is super likable. <laughs> Of any, like, you want to have him as part of your franchise because he's involved in, like, charity work. He stays out of trouble and he's young. Like, Cam Newton is in his 20s, early 30s. He has so many years to continue with the franchise and grow it, and he's a good leader. Like, why is he leaving not of his own choice? Um, and then to replace him with Teddy Bridgewater. Like, I just don't understand we'll see how it shakes out i guess one thing that's exciting is that there has been a lot of movement yes um so particularly with quarterbacks obviously yes um so there could be like a shake-up in terms of who's who what what the playoff teams are next year like yes this is very true this is very very true and the bears now have hope with Nick Foles. Yes, maybe maybe it's their year to not win the Super Bowl, but um, maybe make the playoffs or something. I don't know. It's hard I to be a Bears I, fan. Yeah. I, I hope that things start looking up for them. I mean, we all want that because you don't want to ever see, like, teams just consistently do poorly. They need to, like, win every once in a while. Exactly. Um, And Nick Foles should, I don't know if he's, like, the best fit for the Bears, but he should do fine there. He's a good quarterback. The team's okay. Um, This now means that Garner Minshew is a starting quarterback for Jacksonville. So who knows how he'll do? Because he did okay when he played this last season. He's another one of those players that fans like and they can get behind and that makes it easy for like whoever is in charge of fan engagement to like feed off of and do their job and market it and get like young kids excited. Mm-hmm. But for the franchise as a whole, I don't know how well he'll do. Um, I think he'll do well. I do, too, and I think they have a lot of draft picks this year. So hopefully they can get something good together. We are big fans of Gardner Minshew, so we wish them the best. Oh, yeah. And then Houston Texans, people seem to think they've lost their mind. I I feel like I just never I didn't get on this storyline early enough so then everything I saw on Twitter I was just like very confused by (laughs) so much happened so quickly like I don't even know like the full details so what I like basically read was they traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Cardinals for David Johnson and then two draft picks and added also uh, Randall Cobb and I was just like I don't what (laughs) All these things happened in this short amount of time. Like, Texans fans are pretty unhappy about it. Um, Yeah, they seem pretty peeved. (laughs) Pretty peeved. (laughs) I love that. 
Um, not not because I'm against the Texans or anything. I just like that you just said peeved. <laughs> I feel like it's a nice way of saying how they're responding. Um, <laughs> so if you have a friend who's a Texans fan, go check on them. Um, and that's like the big NFL news. I'm sure more things will happen in the coming weeks with like trades and um, the draft. That thing where we... I don't love the draft. That's my other hot take, is I really hate the draft. Um, But, yeah. So, you finished Love is Blind. Um, Yes, I did. I have not watched the reunion yet, um, but I, like, somewhat know, I guess, who's still together. Um, So, if you have not finished Love is Blind, maybe skip the next few minutes. Um... But just, like, kind of, now that we've both finished it, basically, um, we want to talk about just, like, our overall thoughts on the show, the premise. Um, how do you, what do you think about, like, the concept of finding someone who's a match for you, like, emotionally? On paper, that sounds wonderful. In reality, like, let's just point out the fact that everyone on this show was, like, very attractive. Yeah, I saw a tweet that was like um, something about how they're all at least sevens. So yes. like the whole blind thing doesn't really like they're all attractive people. Yes, on paper, like the women were all our standards of beauty, right? Like they were tall-ish. They seemed tallish. They were thin. They, like, had nice faces. Like, they looked very young. Their skin looked good. The guys, even the guy that was not, like, super tall, he was Mm -hmm. still, like, tall and built. Like, it just is not a realistic representation of if we were to just, like, take a random sample of people who are, like, looking to date. Like, if you go on Bumble or Tinder or Hinge or whatever, and you'd pick you know, 20 people from all of those dating apps and you're like, hey, do you think that you can find some... Like, you're obviously interested in finding a partner because you're on this dating app. Mm -hmm. If you could not see anyone and you only, like, spoke to them and then you saw them, would you be disappointed? And I think people would because people are already like that where they're like, they don't look how they looked in their picture. Mm -hmm. Or they only have one picture. I can't tell if, like... Looks matter, and on this show, everyone had the looks, so it it was fine when they were like, oh, we're going to build an emotional connection. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, there were some people that once they met the person they were, like, planning on getting married to, they weren't physically attracted to them. Yes. And, like, um, that doesn't really work. Um, (laughs) But... I don't know. I think that, like, the whole concept of not writing someone off for their looks, like, I think that you can, um, like, become attracted to someone who you physically, who you weren't, like, initially oh, yeah. physically attracted to because you get to know them and whatever. Yeah. Um, like, but there has to be a certain level of, like, physical attraction there, like, from the beginning. Yes. That's, like... If you really don't find the person attractive at all, 
like subconsciously no matter how great of a person they are like you're not gonna get there yes and i think in their situation like because you're talking about uh jessica and mark um and not necessarily like just in general in life i guess like i wasn't okay um necessarily referencing them but like that did happen with them yes and i think that she just like kept instead of like saying that she was just like i'm just not physically attracted to him she would Mm -hmm. lean on the he's 10 years younger than me i'm like if your roles were reversed and he was 10 years older than you it'd be fine it'd be fine yep it's not the age thing it's the like you're just not physically attracted to him and that's fine and so that's i think that's fair um Like, subconsciously, there has to be a certain level of, like, physical attraction to someone. Yeah. That you have, even if you don't think you have any. Yeah. Like, that has to be there. Because, like, no matter how strong of an emotional connection you have, like, subconsciously, if you're not physically attracted to them at all, like, that's never going to work, obviously. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, part of maybe the issue with their with the show is like people decided they loved each other after like a week of talking to them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh, how do you like, it's great that you both that emotional connection because that means you're like opening yourself up. You're being vulnerable. You're doing all the things Brene Brown tells us to do, <laughs> but like, that's still such a short amount of time. Yeah. And I think that with Jessica, I'm assuming like what was kind of her, like where she was at in her head was probably um because he's such a great person like I can get there eventually oh and like we've seen that on other like reality dating shows like The Bachelor um where they're just like not sure if they can get there in their relationship and then sometimes they do and sometimes they don't and I think that she just thought because it was like a shortened time period that um Maybe, like, if she gave it more time that it would work, and it just never got to that point. Yeah. Well, and they only had, like, I don't know, three months to for everything to happen. Yeah. So, maybe in a, if it was, like, a longer-term thing where they'd been talking to each other for maybe a month, but never seen a month or a couple couple months and she was like yes like emotionally we're on a level and then they met and she was like oh, i'm not physically attracted but i can get there and maybe like after a lot of time like i don't think it's fair or right if that were to happen like i don't think mm-hmm. that'd be fair to him i don't think that'd be fair to her but i'm just like thinking through how she would end up maybe with her thought process how that would even work out yeah i think she rolled the dice thinking that she like would become physically attracted to him maybe because like she would continue getting to know him and just become more attracted to him as a person in general and it just didn't yeah didn't pan out yeah but i also wonder with that situation if there hadn't been someone else in the picture that she was really like wanting to be with before they Um, saw each other you know yeah like, I wonder if she would have been happier because with this situation, she, like, kind of seemed to lean on the what-ifs with Barnett. Yeah. I, so, I don't... Like, if she didn't really have... If the only person she had a strong connection with was Mark I, the whole season, like, I think that it might have worked out. 
but she had multiple people. And I think that was different than the other people who ended up, like, having relationships that progressed throughout the show. Like, the people they followed. Like, I don't think that they anyone else had, like, a strong connection with the other people around at any point. Mm-hmm. Like, they'd talk to each other, obviously, but they weren't like, ah, yes, this is the one. Yeah. It's also interesting that they, um, like, the couples who got married have been married for, like, a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Basically, like, when the show came out, yep. they'd been married for a year and a half already. So if you... Th- I'm like, what? And, like, had to hide it from pretty much everyone and everything. And they had, like, this year of, like, being completely anonymous and married and whatever. And then now everyone knows them and they know their story and, like, they can share about being married. So, like, that's cool. But, like, what do you even do in that year, like, to prepare for everyone to know who you are? I don't know. It's just, it's interesting because it's so much different from The Bachelor because, or Bachelorette because, like, the country knows, like, who's been selected and who they're going to film. Whereas with this situation, like, it's not like there were articles coming out being like, meet the contestants from Love is Blind. And then it's yeah. like, this is going to air in a year and a half, you know? Yeah. I wonder, like, if they do another season, if they will take it more of the route of The Bachelor and Bachelorette where they, like, kind of reveal who's going to be on the show. I kind of don't want them to. No, I think it would take away from, like, its identity as a show. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to I've see what they do. I've definitely enjoyed watching it a lot. Um, do you like it better than The Bachelor? No, it's just different. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, but I hope I really hope they do another season. I'm sure they will. I think they will. I think they'll do a couple. Like I said last week, like I don't I don't think they should, but like <laughs> I didn't like it enough where I was like, oh, I'd watch another season of this. Oh, okay. Um I think like I enjoyed it. Like it was fine. It was good. I like that people were like for the most part pretty kind to each other. Um I don't feel like on The Bachelor, from the one season I watched, (laughs) (laughs) um, where I'm like, wow, the producers are making it look like these people are terrible to each other. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like that was happening on Love is Blind. But I also was like, "Uh, I don't know. I think I'll stick to non-reality TV Interesting. Yeah. But you liked it. Yeah, I I really liked it. Um, Like, would definitely watch any and all future seasons that they do. So you liked the concept of, like, the little pods and... Yeah, I mean, I don't think it works, really. I mean, clearly it worked for a couple people, but, like... Or at least so far it's worked, I guess for a year and a half um but I I like see why the concept is problematic but um like I would definitely watch more of it (laughs) okay okay I I was like obviously people like it and like it is very well done so I can respect that Mm -hmm. um what is your um specific hot take this week 
I'm going to stand with my Wyoming winning the Mountain West next year in, in men's basketball. I think they will genuinely do it in women's basketball, so that's not a hot take, but for men's basketball, we don't know what the team looks like. We don't know what the season looks like, but I think they can do it because they'll have a good coach. All right. Um, mine is related to um, snacks, specifically candy. Ooh. Um, so went to the store, a lot of, I just like wanted to stock up on some candy bars just to have around. Um, and it made me realize that I think my favorite candy bar is like probably a hot take because there were so many available to purchase. Oh. (laughs) Compared to the other kinds of candy in stock. Um, so my favorite candy bar is Kit Kat Mm -hmm. and like, it was one of the only kinds where there were a ton of them left on the shelves. Mm. So I think that that's, like, just on paper, I guess, a hot take, as evidenced by what people want to grab. No, it's definitely a hot take. I feel no? that Kit Kat bars are just... I wouldn't go and buy one. I wouldn't pay for a Kit Kat bar. Are you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> like, I could go get a granola bar. Oh my goodness. It's yeah, so I don't know. Like they're my favorite candy bar and I it doesn't seem like they're everyone else's favorite. No. Like it's disappointing that they're in like the bulk candy bags at Halloween <laughs> with the good candy. It's like, oh, oh there's Kit Kat, which like I'll eat cuz like I'm not above eating chocolate, but if I had a choice, Oh. I pick everything else chocolatey before I just really like the crunch and I don't think it's like they're not like too sweet yeah yeah like I love Twix but by the time I'm done with them I'm like oh that was a lot of sugar whereas with Kit Kat I'm like that's oh, mostly air right <laughs> <laughs> sure you know it's like puffed wafers or whatever they are yeah a very thin layer of chocolate yeah, I mean, I watched on a show that my my roommate was watching. It's one of those cooking shows where they're, like, testing. I don't know what it's called. I'm really sorry, listeners. This, <laughs> I'm super vague right now. I'll look it up and let people know. But it's, like, a test kitchen where this woman was like, I'm going to make a Kit Kat bar. And so, like, the whole episode, she's just, like, making different wafers like figuring out how to make the right wafer to make it the right texture making the right consistency of the chocolate so it's not too sweet but also like the right uh like shininess like it was so interesting and by the end of it i was like my lord i would never put this much work into making a kit kat bar because it's, it is a mediocre candy oh all right that's my hot take kit kats are great see see it is it's definitely I support this for you. That means, like, more Kit Kat for you and more other things for the rest of us. But for both of us, what wine are you drinking? Because, you know, make sure you're stocking up on wine, folks. We need well, it. Yeah. Um, I went to the liquor store yesterday um, to stock up and um, bought a bunch of champagne. What? Which is funny because, I don't know, I just like the option of having mimosas around. Oh, yeah, that's fair. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's funny because a lot of it was out of stock. So clearly I wasn't the only one with this thought. Uh, yeah. Other folks were like, I'm going to be sitting at home. I should make mimosas. Yeah. Um, so um, I, a lot of times, will buy, like, 
uh, cava instead of like prosecco or California champagne, yeah, from champagne, whatever. Um, that's what I usually get for mimosas, which um, apparently isn't like traditional. Um, but it's called uh, Segura Viudas. Um, it's a cava brut, so it's from Spain. Um, I don't think it's like as sweet as a lot of the California champagnes, which is what, like, I don't like, I don't like it when it's really sweet. It's more of like a citrusy kind of apple, um, grapefruit note situation. So they say, um, so that is my pick for the week for when we are having solo social distancing mimosas. I respect that, and... What are you having? I am good, glad to know about this, because that sounds really good. Um, yeah. I went throughout of red wines when I picked up wine for social distancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I tried um, Yellowtail, which I usually don't get. Well, okay. as anyone who listens knows that I only get cheap wine. I, like, try to get a bottle under $10 most weeks, just because I'm like, ah, this is good. Um, and Yellowtail, in the past, I, you know, people are like, ah, oh, it's not great. And I got their red blend. It was really good. Like, I will buy it again. It was just, like, nice and soft. And um, how you noted that you typically buy wines with the similar, like, notes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I typically go for, like, where it says, like, dark berry and chocolatey flavors. So. Got it. I Actually, I do that, too. Yeah. Those yeah. Are- those are those are flavors I like. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm just like, ah, I guess this is the only way I like to drink red wine blends is if it's like kind of fruity and almost like dessert, but not as sweet. Hmm. Well, folks, um, if you have wine recommendations, let us know. Yeah, we have a lot of time on our hands to drink wine, um, as do you all. So, like, let's be a community of wine connoisseurs. <laughs> maybe by the end of this, we could be almost sommeliers. Almost. Who knows? It could be fun. Um, do you have any personal plugs? Well, um, with probably more free time on our hands than we normally have, um, we will probably be posting more on our social media accounts for Sports and Corks. So give those a follow. Um, we're on Twitter and Instagram. Both are at Sports and Corks, just spelled out, no symbols. Um, so give us a follow tell a friend and tell your friends to share your wine recommendations and if it's on twitter like you know it's like an open forum everyone can see each other's wine recommendations it's like a (laughs) win-win we're building community while social distancing look at us yes can you believe it (laughs) um and to further that building community you should be following the tailgate society for their content whether you like baseball or WWE wrestling, it's not called that anymore. Um, but in my head, it is forever that AEW sure. Dynamite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, if you like a sport, we got it at the Tailgate Society. And again, with everyone being at home, we have more time to do podcasts mm-hmm. and articles. <laughs> so um, check out that content. And um, similarly, like, engage with it because you'll talk to other sports fans. With us, specifically, you'll talk to sports fans and wine fans. It's a win-win. Yeah, so... Also, 
perks of people working from home. You can play podcasts on your phone or the computer or whatever without having to listen to them with earbuds. So that's kind of exciting. It's very exciting. Unless you have roommates. Well, yeah. And then just go to your room. That's... But it works. It's great. There's, like, a lot of plus sides to working from home and social distancing, but making sure that you're finding a way to continue to be a part of a community in some way, um, because people are made to be in community with people. So it might look different for the next couple weeks, but still do it. You'll be happier for it. Maybe you'll make some new friends because of this, like, new way of building community. Maybe. Um, and in other good community things, um, take us home with the bigger than sports moment that you have. All right. So Brown University of the Ivy League promoted Heather Marini to quarterbacks coach. She is the first female position coach in Division One football. And, you know, it's very fitting for Women's History Month. Uh, we all need something very happy this month to have in women's history. And Homegirl did it. That's all I got this week. <laughs> Very exciting news. Um, everyone, uh, take care of yourselves. Um, take care of your physical and mental health. Um, check in with people you care about. And, um, you know, it'll things are going to get better. Emily and Emily, sports and court.